Welcome back to the Unmasking the Jesus Myth podcast, where we uh, unmask the Jesus myth. Anyway, we're going to be continuing our look at the evidence for the historical Jesus. And we saw last time that Jesus mythicists dismiss the evidence from the Gospels for various reasons, and those reasons are not good reasons. One of the other pieces of evidence that they dismiss is that of the Apostle Paul. And Paul's writings are most likely earlier even than our Gospels. So these are very important witnesses to what the early Christians believe. And so what Paul says about Jesus is extremely important. And yet they will claim that Paul has nothing to say about Jesus. Here's one example. Tom Harper, author of The Pagan Christ, writes this in his book. What is absolutely striking about the writings of Paul is their virtual silence on the whole subject of a historical Jesus of Nazareth. There is no question that this is the datum that ultimately stares down the proponents of historicity. Now, it is true that Paul does not include as much information about the historical Jesus as we would like. Paul never mentions the virgin birth. He never mentions the miracles. He never mentions the parables. These are things that we wish that Paul had talked about, and yet he doesn't. But is Harper correct when he claims that Paul neither believed nor knew about the historical Jesus. Well, this is not accurate at all. When we look at the evidence from Paul's letters, one of the things we have to be aware of is that critical scholars divide Paul's letters into two categories. These are the authentic and the disputed letters. I would like to eventually look at why I believe that the letters described as disputed are actually authentic letters of Paul. But when we are discussing these issues with critics, sometimes it's helpful for us to do it on their terms. And if we can focus on evidence that is found within the authentic letters of Paul, that gives us some support for our arguments. In case you don't know, the seven authentic, and I'm using quotes there, the seven authentic letters of Paul are Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Philippian, 1st Thessalonians, and Philemon. And I would like to argue that even within just these seven letters, we can find all kinds of evidence for what Paul believed about Jesus. Many people would argue that Paul's most important writing is that of his letter to the Romans. And right at the beginning, Chapter 1, verse 3, Paul makes this statement. Who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David? And he's talking about Jesus there. So he's talking about Jesus' earthly life. So that's assuming that Jesus really did have an earthly life. And that he was a descendant of David. So he's talking about his biological lineage. And so that seems to indicate pretty strongly that Paul thought that Jesus was an actual historical figure, that he wasn't just a spiritual being in heaven, that he wasn't just a, an idea, an image, a symbol, or something else like that. Rather, he really believed 
that Jesus was a historical figure. The very first scholarly article that I ever had published was called Paul and the Historical Jesus, a case study in 1 Corinthians. And this was published in the McMaster Journal of Theology and Ministry, and I'll leave a link to this article in the show notes. In that article, I look at evidence specifically from 1 Corinthians. Now, this isn't to say that none of the other letters have evidence for the historical Jesus, but I like to look just at this one letter at various lines of evidence that Paul believed in a historical Jesus. The first category that I look at is what I call explicit citation of Jesus sayings. So these are actual quotes by Paul of what Jesus said. And the first one is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. And to the ones having married, not I, but the Lord commands that a wife should not be separated from her husband. But if she is indeed separated, let her remain unmarried or let her be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to leave his wife. These reflect words of Jesus that are found in the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 10, as well as Matthew 19, and Luke 16, and Matthew 5. There we can find very similar teachings by Jesus about divorce and remarriage. And Paul, even in his passage, indicates that he is getting this teaching not from himself, but from Jesus. The second example is that of 1 Corinthians 9.14 that says, So also the Lord ordained those announcing the gospel to live from the gospel. And this seems to be a reference to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 7. To stay in that house, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Now, this is not necessarily a quote in the way someone who is writing a research paper would quote a scholarly article, but this does seem to be a citation of Jesus' teachings in the way that other people of that time would also cite a master's works. The second category that I look at in my article I call liturgical traditions of Jesus. So these are things that have made their way into the liturgy of the early church, but go back to events of the historical Jesus. And so the first one I look at is from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 25. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body on behalf of you. Do this for my remembrance. Likewise, also the cup after the meal, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, when I read that passage, I am baffled at how mythicists can say that Paul had no concept of a historical Jesus. He is describing actual events in the life of the historical Jesus. And these are events that are also described in the Synoptic Gospels. And Paul's account here is very close to that that we find in the Gospel of Luke. So it is obvious here 
that Paul is aware of what took place at the Last Supper. Another example is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 5. For I deliver to you as first things that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by CFS, then by the Twelve. And that passage continues on with all kinds of very important information for us, but even that passage by itself says so much to what Paul believed about the historical Jesus. He believed that he actually died. He believed that he was actually buried and that he actually rose again, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by real people, by Cephas, which is another name for Peter, and also the rest of the twelve, excluding Judas, of course. And so Paul very clearly has some understanding of what happened with Jesus. The third category is what I call echoes of Jesus' teaching. So these aren't actual citations, but we can see Jesus' teachings echoing in the writings of Paul. And the first example is from 1 Corinthians 4, verses 11 to 13. Until the present hour, we hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and are unsettled and labor working with our own hand. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we beseech. As refuse of the world, we have become scum of all things, even until now. And this seems to be an echo of Jesus' teaching as we find in the Sermon on the Plain or the Sermon on the Mount. According to Gordon Fee, being reviled we bless is a direct echo of Jesus' teaching in Luke chapter 6, verse 28. New Testament scholar C.K. Barrett says this, His behavior, as he describes it, recalls clearly the teachings of Jesus, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, of which there are fairly clear echoes. Paul, however, characteristically gives no indication that he is aware that he is using the language of Jesus or acting in obedience to his precepts. And the second example is from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 2 and 3. And if I have prophecies and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions, and if I deliver my body in order that I might be burned, but if I have not love, I am profited nothing. Again, going back to Gordon Fee, Fee comments, Paul is probably once again reflecting on the teaching of Jesus. It's not a quote. We would love to have a quote. And we do have some quotes earlier in this letter. But this is, once again, an example of Paul's theology echoing that of the teachings of Jesus. Now, we might begin to wonder as to why Paul didn't make things more explicit. Why didn't he give an account of the birth of Jesus? Why didn't he share some of the parables and give us more biographical information the way we would like to? Well, the reason is actually pretty simple. It wasn't his purpose. That's not what he was writing for. I don't think Paul, as he's writing his letters, is thinking that he needs to provide good biographical information because what he is writing is going to be included in the Bible, and the Bible 
needs to be studied by people in the 21st century and they'll be very interested in the answers to their questions. I don't think that that's what Paul was thinking. Paul is writing what is called situational theology or occasional theology. He is writing to specific churches who are going through specific situations. He is addressing the problems that they're facing. He's not writing to satisfy curiosity. Rather, he is applying the teachings of Jesus in a way that he sees as applicable to what they are going through in the moment. And most often, that does not require him to go into all of the background of Jesus' earthly life. Because at that time, when Paul is writing, Jesus is actually at the right hand of the Father. He is no longer on planet Earth. And the ministry that Jesus has as he is writing to those churches is one of his work in his glorified state. And so that is what Paul focuses on. Another thing for us to keep in mind is that not only is Paul not a biographer, he's not an autobiographer either. There's a lot of things that we would like to know about the Apostle Paul. Was he married? What about more of his background? There's all kinds of questions that we might want to ask. And yet, Paul really doesn't satisfy our curiosity. I'll give you an example. Uh, we will very often refer to Paul as Saul of Tarsus. But did you know that Paul never once mentions in his letters, uh, either the authentic or the disputed letters, that his name was Saul or that he was originally from Tarsus? That is information that we get from Luke in the book of Acts. But Paul doesn't actually talk about that. Now, Paul does give a little bit of autobiographical information once in a while, but he does it about as often as he gives biographical information about Jesus. And what he does is shares this information only when it's absolutely needed. Only when he has a point that needs to be made will he pull out this kind of biographical information about Jesus or himself. And these are things that we need to keep in mind when we are looking at Paul's letters. What I want to conclude with is that Paul absolutely did know about and did believe in a historical Jesus. His ongoing relationship with Jesus during his ministry was with that of the glorified Christ at the right hand of the Father. But he did believe that Jesus was real. And one little fact that we could just end off with was the fact that we know that Paul met with James, the brother of Jesus. And it's pretty hard to meet with the brother of a myth. And so with that, I want to conclude that Paul's letters are very important pieces of evidence for us to understand that Jesus is real. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please check out my website at jesusmyththeory.com and also consider supporting this podcast by going to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash hopesreason or supporting me by donating a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash hopesreason audibletrial.com slash hopes reason. When you do that, that helps to support the ongoing work of my blogging and my podcasting. 
Thanks again, and God bless.